This is From the Ground Up, the story of me starting my reptile business. We are here. We are live. We're doing it on yeah. a Thursday. Hopefully everyone figures it out on... Oh, look, we got one viewer on YouTube, so someone on figured YouTube. it out. I don't know. Special edition Thursday. Yes. July 6th. You weren't sure about the date? No, no. I looked at my watch. Um, and Because Tuesday was 4th of July, so we had to push it to Thursday. Uh-huh. And just all types of good stuff happening since then. Yeah, it Oh, I was like, is your microphone on? It's Why didn't on. you think it was on? And hi, Aaron. We are doing well. What? I was answering Instagram. You're not even looking. Oh, but you said hi what? Aaron. Oh. Like, like, a, like a name. It didn't sound like you said Aaron. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Let's actually get to light. Let's actually do what we're supposed to do. Shout out to our new follower. What was that new follower that we got before? Was it like Satan took my virginity i lost my virginity to the devil yep there you go so shout out to that i don't know if they actually followed us or i just saw them on instagram so let's not say that (laughs) i don't know but it was still a very interesting instagram name two for creativity yes um so today so today well first let's start positive we're getting closer to um day 70 for the eggs and when they're supposed to hatch yeah so the thing about corn snakes is when their first clutch hatches mm-hmm. which is going to be around where your female um lays their second clutch or her second clutch oh so usually like right about about when your first uh clutch is hatching is when your female is going to double clutch is that, that scientifically proven or just happens to happen? Well, I mean, I don't know. Scientifically, that just happens. Or what? It, that just... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what if there's any meaning behind that. Yeah, what, uh, that's what I'm saying. Is there some... Because for the most part, I think they just lay their eggs and peace out. Hold on, so. I need to close this. Yeah, way too much light in here. I think we oh, got to move that didn't it make it any better. Sorry. Um, but so they have that second clutch and then our female i saw that she was laying the second clutch and um went in there this morning to see how it went and there was just like slugs kind of all around the tub right which is unusual almost every snake lay him in a central location yeah Mm -hmm. so and then i picked her up and then she was prolapsed so explain what prolapsed is so basically, uh, the eggs were going through her oviducts and coming out, and she had a couple that were stuck in there, and then basically pushed out her insides with the eggs. Typically, for the second clutch for corn snakes, is it usually the same amount or more or usually less? Usually, it's less. Less. Usually, eggs. it's less eggs. And um, I didn't like try to breed her. I I did once, but it was too late, probably. But. I knew that they were going to be infertile. So why does she? Why do they lay a second clutch? Like, why lay a second clutch? If, I don't understand them. The biological, I guess, aspect of laying a second clutch, even though you didn't try to breed her. Um, I mean, the process was happening. Whether or not she was, you know, like her eggs were fertilized. I mean, no matter what, if I brumate and bring them up and do all the feeding, 
for the most part, they're going to go all the way through the cycle, whether or not they're going to have two clutches, no matter what. No, I mean for for a bigger female, for a female that usually double clutches for you, they'll double clutch almost every time. Okay, even if you don't breed them, right? Gotcha. So, Aaron asks, "How long have we been breeding?" And it's been I on think and only, off. <laughs> yeah, on and off, but for like four or five years now, maybe four. Yeah. But I mean, I've been keeping snakes for a long time, but just started breeding not too long ago. And so with a corn snake, you've never had them prolapse before. No, they're pretty bulletproof, but um, I mean, I guess it happens. And what what are causes in the past or other causes that snakes can uh, prolapse? For this one, I don't know. I mean, the obvious reason. But Is that the egg? But I don't know if there's anything I could have done to prevent it. Right. So I'm not sure. But in the for other snakes, what causes or other times, what causes what can cause prolapse? Um, sometimes with ball pythons, it would be like keeping them too dry. They would prolapse. How? How? I don't understand it. But prolapse happens from like the inside and dries the outside. I think it's just like passing. It's just body function. All body function is bad when you don't have proper conditions for the snake. Okay, it just makes. But I know just when you don't. That doesn't make sense to me. It's just when you don't have good conditions, bad things happen. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. I just don't see. I don't see the. I see bad conditions. I see prolapse. I just don't see the connection. I guess how that. How it works. I don't know. I okay. Don't. So the, that's just the blanket usual thing for prolapsing is bad conditions. No, I mean, yes. And uh, that's just an example I was using. And I'm not saying it happens all the time. but Okay. But definitely a part of it is that because if you don't have proper heat and humidity, you may not have like breakdown of food properly. And you may have like harder urates or different types of stuff coming out than would usually happen if the natural process was allowed was given the right conditions to happen so you may have something that pops it out there or like males will maybe get their their hemipenes and they'll stay out they'll prolapse and they'll stay out it just didn't go back in correctly just some a glitch (laughs) yeah yeah i mean something but Something happened. So are females more likely to prolapse when they're, uh, I mean, usually have eggs in them, I guess. I don't know. It's just like asking, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're pushing (laughs) eggs out. I mean, right. So that's what I'm saying. They're more likely to. But usually nature happens correctly. You know, it's not. Right. But I'm just, I'm thinking, does it just happen to happen more when they have eggs in there or when they're not? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, when they're pushing giant items out of them, okay. it happens more. Right, but then your <laughs> other... But if it's like a green tree, sometimes I would, like, the one prolapse I had, the prolapse I had was because I probably fed it too much or too often. And so it had and too much so food. And so oh, it fudge. didn't digest food, um, you know, properly with enough time in between feedings. So it would have... Wait, you're going to have to repeat that because Instagram um, died for a second. It would be like too short a period between feedings for them to digest properly. So you would get, you know, like a hard half digested mouse coming out of there. And that's why it prolapsed. Ew. (laughs) Yeah. 
they can the fact that they're they can still pass you know that all through them and it's just not digested so the not to get too gross the half-eaten mouse would be surrounded by the prolapsed part no no, no. it would come out but oh. it would come out with it. with it at the same time yeah so primal roots asked what's the cause of the stuck shed and that's just yeah not enough humidity could also be heat and stress so if you maybe just handled the animal a crazy amount or something, I don't know. What are your thoughts on like um, letting shit fall off on its own or like people are always it? like, don't get the shed off. But if I see a piece of shed stuck, that is just one little piece and it's mm-hmm. off of like a normal snake. I've seen that on you on Instagram, people like not forcefully pulling it, but like, you know, like sliding sliding the shed off of the snake and i never knew if that was like i think like that's a, a them serious... just trying to get a good instagram post that has nothing to do with <laughs> anything else but does it's that... not the best for the snake yeah, does it hurt the snake to remove um, the shed like that i don't want to be an asshole and say it does because it probably doesn't really but you don't want to do it why there's no reason to <laughs> it's like saying like why don't you go do something else that you don't want to do? I don't know. You just don't. That's not a good metaphor. I don't know what the metaphor is, but you don't have to do it. So it's why just do not it? necessary. There's no. There's but if no. You had, if you have stuck eye caps on your snake, then take it off with tweezers. What is that? You mean shed? Like so, like shed will get stuck, but just on the eyes. So they'll shed, and then usually, you know, the ocular scale, where the eye gets shed off with the skin. So. But sometimes if your humidity is not great okay. or something's just a little off, then it will stay on their eye and then it can build up and to the point. So that's obviously a bad see. thing. Yeah. So you just take that off of the tweezers. So it's like, why can you do that and not do it for a little piece that's stuck on their back or something? Right. But for. But if you have a snake that's like really dehydrated and doesn't have great humidity and they're stuck shed all over the place. Then it's like, don't be picking it off one at a time. Okay, like, that's not good. Especially if the snake skin is dry. Because like, you're yeah. like, it's like ripping our skin off of us. It would just be like skin. like picking a scab or something. Mm-hmm. Like, just, you should know. Like, you shouldn't have to forcefully take anything off. Like, it should come off decently. Easily. Easy. Yeah. Right. Or you soak them and then it may come off come decently. Off. Okay. Easily. But yeah, never like go too hardcore on it. But is there a negative side to leaving like obviously on the ocular shit you know you wouldn't want to leave that but if there's a piece on their back like is there a negative to that being left on there till it naturally comes off like does it hurt them to have the shed you could stay s- on for longer probably not but it could also cause bad sheds in the future but okay. i don't know i haven't had that come up like much at all You've had no problem with them shedding. <laughs> no, unless you're keeping like ball pythons or, you know, some type of maybe retake or something like that that requires that humidity to shed properly. Um, ball pythons are just known for not having complete sheds. But if you keep them correctly, which is. I feel know, like ball then, pythons then are known have, for everything bad. Because like, they're just the most like, they're just the most of them out there. You know? Ball pythons are known for picky feeders. I mean, yeah. you know, just like I feel like ball pythons well, are known. Well, they're for- also the least understood and most miskept snakes because they're the most popular. 
But see, that seems contradictory to me. If they're the most popular, you'd think we'd understand the most about them. It doesn't make people them. smarter. It doesn't mean people want to read a book, you know? But, but um, <laughs> there's more of them. But no, uh, Josh asked if we breed or do we do retic breeding? Absolutely not. No. Too big. Too big. <laughs> That's and a then, simple um, question. Is they're too big? Lewis on youtube asked with corn snakes where should i buy them pet stores or breeders always go for breeders always go for breeders because pet stores you're not going to know if they feed or you're not going to know how they're handled or right their lineage or anything like you're going to want to get from a breeder to where i like it came to the point where i this morning as soon as i saw the prolapse i wanted to make sure like i didn't fuck it up so i emailed walter smith who's a corn snake breeder because I know, obviously, he knows what to do a lot more than... The worst thing is going on a Facebook group and just being like, this happened. And then you'll get fucking Susie, who's 11 years old, telling you to do all wacky shits to your snake. Well, it's just what you as bad do. as like when you're sick going on like WebMD. And yeah, and then you're, you're pregnant dead. and have cancer <laughs> and all this other shit. Right. So with your snake, when it's sick, definitely consult experienced you want, breeders. It, you want the person who sold you that snake, you want to be able to ask them the question and they'll be glad to help you much more than even if you go to a big breeder in this industry, say, um, you know, like triple L reptile or reptiles by Mac. When you call, they're not going to want to help you or, or they won't know what animal you're referring to. Cause they sell so many. Cause they sell so many. It's just a matter of having too many. So you definitely want to get that breeder that's somewhere in the middle of the road where they know they've been doing it for a while. They know what they're doing. But they're not so too big. So if anything happens, they, they'll they be more willing to help you out. Um, did you buy this snake from Walter Smith? No. Oh, okay. I, I bought this snake from Ben Siegel before he oh, started duh. putting the bearded dragons in his mouth. Oh, okay. So I didn't know. I didn't know, <laughs> man. But you've had this snake for five years, and uh, she's never caused you any issues, right? Nope. Did you end up getting those beer? Oh, you got the Miller Lights. That's what I said. Um, um, so Nathan. Yeah, it's oh, a corn sorry. snake. I mean, nothing. Corn nothing has never. Gone. I, that's why it's like I feel very unlucky for having shit go wrong. With a corn snake that <laughs> they never, never have issues have usually. never presented any problems. So uh, Nathan said, my snake shed just put a wet towel over the aquarium. And it comes very smoothly. Oh, so that's what he usually does. I guess because that, that increases the humidity. A, if you're keeping them in like a glass aquarium, then I guess putting a wet towel, that makes sense to keep in humidity. But you wouldn't want to do that if yours is in a rack system? Well, that's just not possible. What, well, you're, what he's doing is putting the, it on top so less air escapes so it doesn't dry out. Right, and why still? Why can't you put it? Racks have tops with small airflow, with a lot less airflow than a screen top. The normal, a, okay, right. gotcha. So with um, prolapse, what is the normal course of action? So the first course of action was, and it, it's different for different. You know, there's different prolapses, but oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I just explained, but the I thought it's the same. And, uh, the same it's still your insides coming out i mean yeah yeah but it could be hemipenes but either way there the your first action is going to be the, to soak the snake okay 
So hopefully that may reduce some swelling or at least get some stuff that was in there, you know, blockages or anything out. What are you soaking in it? Like hot water, warm water, cold uh, water? Warm water. Warm water, okay. And then doing that for maybe like, wow, was that a crack in my voice? Yes. Um, I believe Walter said like 15 to 20 minutes. And then he said, you know, if anything doesn't happen after that, then maybe she has like a twisted oviduct. So you may want to like just go to the vet and stuff like that. But okay. so soaking first. And then I know people, especially for like green trees have done, um, like put sugar paste on it. What? Cause throughout osmosis, I guess it gets the, the swelling down and may allow it to return to go back into in. the cloaca. Yeah. Whoa. But yeah. I mean, I haven't personally done that one, but a lot of people have. So that, how how do people even like find that idea? You know, that I just think seems... I think they do it for more than just snakes. Like I think vets have been doing it for like dogs and everything. Really? Yeah, I don't know. That's such a weird idea to come to. Yeah, but it works. So Siosinson asks, "Have you any experience with dwarf locality boas? I want to get a hog island, but I'm afraid of mixed genes. So I don't have any experience with like locality boas like that, but I would suggest if you're not, you don't want to mess around with things that are mixed, then go to um, Vin Russo. I mean, he's known for having the, all the locality boas. Okay. I mean, he even helped name the Longicata, which is a locality of boa. With those boas, is it a higher? Are you? Um, are the mixed genes? Are there more of them than other um, types of snakes? I don't know. It's just like everything else. If something looks good together, then they, or if someone just has something laying around, they have an adult female Colombian, but they have a male Guyana. They don't think anything of mixing together sometimes. So that's why when you get people who Vin Russo is someone who's had them since they came in the country. Gotcha. So you know where they're coming, you know, he's kept them and everything where they're coming from. Pure. So, and then you'll know people who don't mind, um, breeding non-pure snakes and then you'll have people who um, you know are very strict about keeping locality just like carpet pythons just like anything else there's always a purist and there's always people who experiment with wacky shit and there's there's benefits and hog to island hog island is 100 percent one that people mix up a lot with colombians and stuff like that just because they happen to have both of them or because they're both just pretty prevalent in the hobby at this point so People just don't have any, you know, they just <laughs> don't, don't have any care. restrictions. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're, we get asked that a lot, by the way. Do, do we have a specific morph of corn snake? That our, I think we said on our last show. Yeah. But, but palmetto and blood-sided pied red. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Palmettos um, are what we're going for now. And then what is, what is the other one called? Blood. I always mix it up. Blood, blood red, red pied, pied sided. Sided. it's too many words so so blood red is one recessive gene and, and then pied pied sided is, is another recessive but gene. why do we say pied sided and not just pied because um in a lot of colubrids they have something that's called white sided okay which would be a mutation which i mean that's pretty much what this is but and then there's also pied which we haven't right. found in corn snakes yet so the, so the reason why I think it's Don Soderberg founded it. The reason why he called it pied sided is because he didn't want to call it pied and he didn't want to call it white sided because he said there may be a white sided one that pops up and there may be a pied one that pops up. So let's just call this one pied sided. What? 
So it's different than the pie that's <coughs> in like ball pythons and stuff? White sided is washed out all the sides and then colored down a strip in the middle. Just on the top? Yeah. Okay. So that's white sided and it's it's not variable. So pied is always variable. Right. Different. So like the pied sided, there'll be low expression, high expression. Mm-hmm. And then pied is obviously the the random losses of pigment random spots and random blotches around mm-hmm. the body, but all around, you know, like, okay. So it's pied sided. Cause it's literally only on the sides, right? It's okay. pied only on the sides, but it's not all white sided and it's not pied because it doesn't encroach Go around, over right. yeah, the saddles right. at all. So, so. pied sided is random losses of color only on the side. Right. Okay, so and it always stems <laughs> from the bottom. It won't just happen like randomly. It always it, extends. You can see it from the bottom from, coming from up. the belly scales up. It doesn't like randomly pop up in the middle of the side or anything. It's always from the from the belly scales. It's up. interesting that they've you know that pied sideds have come up, but no full on pieds. You'd think if it can make it halfway, there would be some. Well, there's one definitely out there pieds where it's all out around. there, but pied corns. You know, wh- why haven't we found them yet? <laughs> <laughs> like know. if we you think it wouldn't be that far of a jump if they're well no it has nothing side. to do with that it would be two oh. separate genes that do two separate one that things. makes it go on the side and one that makes it around yeah. but you don't think they're closely i mean i don't know how genes work no, but in no, your head there's they're closely no like, related brother sister gene I mean, <laughs> there, there are allelic genes alleles a whole yes. different thing but know. but allele allelic genes happen in um usually incomplete dominance so, so oh, pied wow. and most of the genetics, for whatever reason, in corn snakes, besides like tessera, are going to be recessives. So, mm-hmm. so recessives can't have alleles because they can't make supers. They can only make visuals. Oh, you're losing me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so is there other have it have other pied sided corn snakes other than blood red been, been found? What? You're reading. So, yeah, well, they're two separate genetics. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You always see them together, but they're two separate genes. Have you? So, yes. So, yes, there exists, like, something else, pied-sided corn Yeah, yeah. Okay, I feel like the blood red is the only one I I'm not sure, because I've seen anneries, but I'm not sure why people don't put them in other things. I'm not sure if there's some type of reasoning behind that. I'm not sure, honestly. You've seen annery pied-sided corn snakes? I believe so. Okay. I don't say. Because like <laughs> you you see it in blood red pretty much exclusively. Right. right? That's what I'm saying. I've only yeah. I've only really there heard may, it. There's, or seen I it. mean, it seems like there's probably a reason for that, but I don't know it. Interesting. I don't okay. Know it. <laughs> um, Nathan said, "My corn that want to eat is doing well. He's been swapped to frozen thawed. Oh, good. That's good. Yes, frozen we thawed have, is always um, better. So that sun glow that I got a little while ago, she's only been eating a knoll, so she's been on frozen thawed and knolls. Expensive diet, yeah. <laughs> which is weird because to me, anoles aren't like a, I don't know, fancy food item, and then but you they're think not cheap. There's got to be someone out there breeding anoles for food, mm-hmm. but you're you're dealing with lizards who are only laying like, even though they're very prolific at breeding, they're still only laying two eggs at a time. Oh, they're whoa. not they're not turning over in, you know. Um, 10 at a time or so 12. it's just not the, the it's not worth it to breed slower. it yeah because you're just getting so little because you just can't force that price down to where you want it to be so you think that's why at like pets running stuff anoles are so expensive because they breed so slowly 
it's not like so slowly, but it's slowly enough to where it won't be priced in competition with a rat, you know? Right, that are all the time coming out. Yeah. Gotcha, that's, that sucks. Reptiles I just much slower. But they're to me so creatures. low on, the, I don't know, on I the, guess on the, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter on the like how. life level, <laughs> they're <laughs> so low. Um, Decimal Fiend said, triple L reptiles is like any other breeder. They have specialties like underground reptiles. Their specialties are tegu, tegus, sink, and sink, skinks, human skinks. Yeah. BHB is obviously snakes. Every breeder has specialty, but you're right. The smaller breeders are better, and most likely their specialties are what they breed. Yeah, and even people, the big companies that do have specialties... You is triple L bigger than BHB? Yes. Okay. Are they the biggest? Much more wholesale level. Uh, No, that's probably the Bells who do. um, I believe they do the Pet Smarts. So Gourmet Rodent, which is going to be like a multi-million-dollar business, Mm -hmm. they do Petcos, Mm -hmm. and they they do like the individually frozen like packages of food as well as. Um, leopard geckos and some different i think they do corn snakes and different oh, wholesale animals know that. okay yeah all the wholesalers do corn snakes gotcha but um yeah so they do petcos and then um what was i talking about the bells about? the bells which i don't know why i can't think of their name right now but the they, they <laughs> do pretty much specifically to big box big box pet stores and pet stores different pet stores they don't okay they don't do much to consumer so the bigger the bigger the bigger breeders they're, are going to go to They're going to be on a wholesale level. I mean, the only way or the only way to consistently make money is to have those low wholesale animals mm-hmm. to where you can just get large numbers and, and send them out <laughs> a bunch at a time. To, yeah. And especially, I mean, a lot of people, most of the people who do, well, a large amount of the people that do this full time do corn snakes just because there's always a market for them. People always want them and they're easy to wholesale. So like even I believe um, like I was talking about uh, Vin Russo, he, he specializes in boas and everything, but I believe he still wholesales corn snakes on a very high level. Really? Yeah. And like that's, that's how he makes money to pay the bills. And then, and then the boas the I ones. think are just like, the cream on top just for you know? fun <laughs> well uh, there's just money on top like that's where even with ball python breeders what you want to have is bumblebees albinos and pides just breed those because everyone will always want them because you can sell a hundred of those for 250 and then you create just a few of the expensive morphs that you may sell a couple of but you can pay your bills with the bumblebees the albinos mm-hmm, and the pides mm-hmm. the animals that are 250 dollars and under because those are going to sell at your reptile show. They're going to sell to pet stores or whoever. Is the it hell. not? Is the demand for corn snakes not enough to just sell to consumers? Do they to and ha- be very successful? Um, yeah, there's only so many people who want to buy high end corn snakes. It's kind of seen in the hobby as like that's like just your starter snake. For some reason, ball pythons are seen a lot cooler than corn snakes. I think corn because snakes because of the morphs that have been made. Yeah, but even corn snakes have really cool morphs. But I think it's also the fact that it's a python. It's a little bit more cool and it's not. Needy. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's like a little bit, it's fake bigger. Like What do you mean fake it's bigger? Because it's not actually bigger. It's just fatter it just seemed, with a different shape. Right, so. right. It seems meatier 
than the corn. I think it just seems more uh, cool looking probably to most people, but so that's why the corn sink people have to sell to the store because that's where the the starter you know starter snakes. That's where you can sell the most snakes. Right. Yeah. But you can't because because it's not a pyramid scheme like ball pythons are. What do you mean? Meaning, like, there's so many people in it just for money who are looking to buy high end, okay, just as a investment to turn over. Um, and that's snake, not in corn not snakes, not really at that level. Do you I think mean, it will get there? There's and stuff, but and scaleless. Yeah, yeah, which is like okay, but though that's the most expensive morph, and you're looking at what at the most twelve hundred bucks in comparison to where ball pythons there's like what's the most like twelve hundred bucks is like mediocre for a ball python. Whoa. What's the most expensive I don't know. I don't think the market's like that high anymore. Like there used to be where there was always a few morphs that were twenty five to fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand dollars for when an adult or first came for an out, adult fifty grand? Or a baby. No, for a baby. What would an adult be? Uh, they didn't exist because oh, you true. would sell them immediately. Well, no, I'm saying the adult most expensive ball pie. Oh, yeah, I guess they still wouldn't exist. I don't know. You old. just don't. You don't sell the, I don't know, <laughs> retired male breeders, but you you'd bring them through. Um. So he said he used to love Triple L, but now they started to drift away and they started to do their wholesale. Yeah, you have you have issues with wholesale a little bit. No, no, no. It's just a different business. I feel like. You your value will go up in one way when you start wholesaling, but I feel like your value or not value, but like respect. I don't know. If, I can't think of the right word, but it's like just, your, uh, the amount of attention you can. You give. can't be high in both. You know, Does that mean? you can't be high in consumer selling and or it's hard to be high in consumer selling and wholesale to stores. I feel like it's very hard to be very big. I mean, in Triple both. L does does that. They're both, able to do but, both. Yeah, but also they're not. They're mostly buying from the small breeders and selling to consumers. Okay. So it's like they're not doing most of their breeding. So really? even even BHB, uh, you see all the videos of them getting in shipments of you know snakes from smaller breeders. So they're not doing all of their breeding themselves. No, no, and Triple L is probably doing almost a small portion of it. Really? Yeah. So they're just kind of flipping. Yeah. Th- they're flipping them essentially. Yeah. Wow. Is but, I mean, that needs to happen because there's too many small breeders who can't sell snakes because they don't market it at all. So they're just like, oh, it's much easier for me to give it to Triple L and for them to sell because Triple L has much more marketing behind it, has a bigger consumer can base. get it out there. They can sell it, yeah. So, so they'll take half price for an animal just to move it because they're just trying to chase after, you know, whatever morph they want to make or you know, they're higher end projects. So that's why, I mean, the industry so they're still needs needed. Both. Yeah. You yeah. need, you need them, but they're just, I don't know. I don't, you like, don't need them if you try hard enough. <laughs> if this. everyone tried, but there's, I mean, <laughs> everyone's not going to try. Most people don't, you know, which is good because there's a lot of people who don't care much about the money aspect or, mm-hmm. you know, they're just like, whatever. Like, I just want to make cooler snakes. So, um, but there's always byproduct to that. So, when right. you're trying to hit, when you're breeding a fucking whatever, whatever, whatever to a whatever, 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 <laughs> then you're going to have things that come out pastel. You're going to have things that, that come you can out just spider sell off. that you're like, yeah, you can't really sell them much because. To, right. I understand that. Or you're like my profit margin, like I'm selling $60 snakes and shipping it out for $70. 
Okay. Because like shipping's so high right now. Why is like, that? Does it fluctuate? Does shipping fluctuate? Or just is like it any other market. I don't know how that works. Amazon's always free with Prime, right? Right. They need snake prime shipping. <laughs> Get it for two days for free if you pay. Uh, I mean, if fee. you want to ship your snake in two days, you can try that, but we'll see how that works out for you. What do you mean? You need to overnight a snake. Oh, sorry. I wasn't but I mean, it, but they fuel should still cost goes up alone. and down. Right. Okay. But you could still have a system like that where you pay a certain amount a year and then your whoever you order from is free. Couldn't you? Because isn't there a company that everyone uses or a lot of people use to ship their snakes? Yes. What is it called? Uh, ship your reptiles. Ship your reptiles. Or reptiles to you or Reptile Express. Oh, there's, there's a couple. There's a couple of them, yeah. But you could have a thing where you pay them and then you can ship for free or buy for free. I think that's a smart idea. I'm going to Free pack. shipping? It's a terrible if you, idea. No, if you pay in the beginning, of the, like Amazon Prime is set up, where you pay, at the begin, you pay a yearly price and then your shipping for what you order is free. Does that make sense? Like Amazon Prime. Yeah, no, not really. Why? <laughs> it's just, are you buying that many snakes from one person? No, from in, if as long as you go through oh, the as long as you go through, through the ship as long as you go through the shipping company. That seems like it, it's too small. It's different for Amazon because the expense can be spread out through thousands and thousands of people. When There's you're all, when you're talking about a much stuff. smaller market. Yeah, but I don't think anyone's willing to pay. You wouldn't pay a hundred at the beginning of the year, and then that well, would that, that, that in that's one a terrible number to start with. That's what you that pay would for never Amazon. Cost. I don't care what you pay for Amazon. <laughs> You're shipping fucking <laughs> pencils instead of shipping live animals. <laughs> one thing costs like fifty dollars at least to ship, right? And one cost ten dollars <laughs> like nothing. One costs like three ninety nine to ship <laughs> if you ship it regularly. Okay, would you pay $300 at the beginning of the year? I'd pay when I buy the animal. That's okay. how much I would pay. Well, let's answer people's questions because you disagree <laughs> with my idea. Yes. He said he tri- he traded a wild chameleon caught to um, Rick the Reptile guy, and he gave a beardy with a full setup for it. Do you think that's a good trade? I don't know. <laughs> you <man>. don't know? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know about that world? Yeah, I don't. I don't want a wild chameleon. What? A Rick the Reptile guy does. Is he a big person? Do you know who that is? I've never heard of him, or know. maybe I've seen him on Instagram. I'm not sure. But is Nick th- the Wrangler? Yeah, that's what I thought at first. <laughs> oh, that's weird. When I when I first saw it, I thought he was talking about Nick the Wrangler, and I was yeah. like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about Nick the Wrangler. Oh, I feel like Nick the, the Wrangler may end up on TV <laughs> being bit. <laughs> somewhere in the near future. Yeah. I mean, if if you'd have a death wish, go for it. But that's not for everyone. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people should be doing that. Yeah, I don't think that's the best way to get your point across or market. But what snakes. is his point even? That they're um, not scary because he hasn't died yet? To get Because I feel like that he's, what he's trying something? to do is that snakes and reptiles out in the wild, oh, they're nothing to fear because... I go and pick this up and take a picture, and I'm okay. We hold people to a high pedestal these days in comparison to what we used to. Because they can still, they're not a safe thing. They're out in the wild. It's still dangerous. No, no, I agree. But 
the crocodile hunter always free handled venomous snakes. True, and people gave him shit. No, not really at all. I people mean, people all still love loved him, him still. but they but still people, gave him shit. But pretty much the whole reptile community exists because of him, so. You don't think without him, well, yeah. Well, yeah, it would, that. but a lot less people would be into it. So there's been like a few jumps in like the reptile hobby. The first one being probably Jurassic Park, which is when. You think that brought people into it? 100%. Really? Like, um. <laughs> So that's pretty much how green iguanas became a thing because everyone was into dinosaurs and then you can get a green iguana that was like a mini dinosaur. So that's okay. that's like what the market was built on back then. That's hilarious. The off market a movie. blew up off of uh, Jurassic Park. But I feel like any snake or reptile movie that's come out since hasn't really done that for You're also talking about world. a culture that there's a lot of different inputs. So... Back then, it was like a big movie would like take over the world. It would have such influence. Yeah, yeah, like Titanic or fucking whatever, (laughs) whatever. Thank you, Nathan. We will see you next time. Yeah, bye. Titanic is not the same. (laughs) No, no, but like, you know, that one movie in the summer, everyone was like, whoa, and everyone Mm -hmm. saw it, and it affected like the culture. Like it became a cultural icon. Yeah. Which I guess happened with, like, maybe Twilight. You know, that might be the most recent one that happened. To where, like, everyone's coming out with fucking vampire stuff after Stuff to get money. I mean, now it's all about money. But, okay, so Jurassic Park, everyone was obsessed with dinosaurs. dinosaurs, like, became a thing. That's so weird to me. Like, I don't know. Like you said back then, they had more of a thing. To me, you just watch that movie and that's it. Right. (laughs) It just didn't, like... But then, like, people start liking, I don't know, it just goes through culture. So that produced a big jump in the reptile world. And then, like, in the later 90s, it was, like, the crocodile hunter. And then when the crocodile hunt, at the same time, there was, like, Jeff Corwin came out, and he's a herpetologist. And then and what did Austin he do? Stevens. What, and did, what did Jeff Corwin, he just... He just did the same thing as... Okay. I don't know. I almost said fucking Stone Cold. But uh, Steve Irwin. Who's st- what's Stone? Steve Austin. No, I don't know no, who that it's is. It's a professional wrestler. It's really oh. stupid. Okay. But um, So Jeff Corwin, Corwin. Corwin. Corwin was similar to Steve Irwin. Yeah, he was on at the same time. He was just an American. Okay. He was but didn't get as big as Steve Irwin? Not even close, yeah. Do you think because he's an American? But, but what I'm saying is it started a place, um, you know, when s- reptile shows were on TV and reptiles were in the okay. spotlight more. Yeah. And then s- when he died, there hasn't really been much since then. But it's just been like a culture that's been kind of building just because the Internet exists. Do you think a Steve Irwin could come around today and get to the same acclaim that he did? It would be hard because I feel like just like how we were talking about no, Jurassic no. Park, oh. like culture is just way too involved to have like someone who is very, very famous like that. Do you also think someone kind of like we were talking about Nick the Wrangler would be criticized yeah. way more than Steve Irwin? Yeah, was. like like we would probably kill it before it even goes For, to the know? general like, public. Yeah, yeah. So like even, you know if venom hunters comes out people 
What is that? There, it was a show on Discovery Channel with Brian in it and like a few other retards. <laughs> and uh, it was, I don't know, everyone hated it. What? But like at this point, I don't think anyone would be able to put anything on TV without the reptile community bullshitting about everything. Just because you think, one, because there's just more people in the reptile community in general or like. And three, everyone's a fucking hypocrite and they're like, <laughs> you know, oh, you can't treat an animal like this, but I do it like this. And everyone's way too picky about things to where Steve, Steve Irwin would have been cast out if he came out today. Today. 100%. Wow. 100%. And like, I don't, that's why I think we self-inflict, you know, the most damage across. Well, of course, you're... The people who are, you know, the most into it are going to be the most protective over it, you know? Yeah, they don't... and then the people who get popular, once you get to a certain threshold, everyone turns on you. Yeah, because they think you're not doing what's best for the community once right. you get to a certain point. Right, yeah. so really it's just like, and I think that happens in a lot of groups of things. No, oh, of people course. People kind of like, sometimes the most famous person is are the people like the community itself may not think deserves to be the most famous or something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I think when you're in the middle ground, the hardcore people like you better. <laughs> yeah. I think once... I mean, you just can't get too famous. And then people get jealous and all this other shit. I mean, you're always going to piss off someone. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You're never going to be everything to everyone. And when you're in such a microscope, it's impossible to be... But sorry, I just thought of something because we talked about reptile people getting famous. I still think in some ways, you know, on like the Today Show or like the late night shows, they have like reptile people or whatever come on every so often. And I, I don't know if that you I don't think that used to happen. You know, I don't think that was. A yeah, I mean, that thing. was started with like Steve Irwin. But it always seems to be some guys like, oh, oh here comes an animal. <laughs> and then it's like. Yeah, Conan, put it on your head. And they do something wacky with the animal and well, shit. that's how you get attention. Oh, yeah, but it's always so gimmicky and some bullshit, you know? What do we, okay, what should they go up there and do? Sit there and know. talk about uh, hemi beans and just throw a bunch of scientific jargon at people? And no, I just think, I, d I just don't think it's going to, to happen unless it's someone who's very, very charismatic. I mean, there's really only one person that's anywhere close to what Steve Irwin was. Who? No, like, or no, he's the, what I oh. meant to say is like, <laughs> he's the only Steve Irwin that exists. I mean, there's no one even no close to like him. Do you think Nick, the whatever, is what? trying to be Steve Irwin? No, because I, I don't think you can be because that was his personality. You can't that just was, change your personality. It was it was more than just what he did. It was like who he was as yeah, a person. Yeah, and like he also comes from a family of, you know, people who have always been involved in conservation and, you know, own the zoo and stuff like that. Oh, like I his didn't father know that. was still doing it, Bob Irwin. He is like the foundation to what created Steve Irwin. I mean, it's okay. not... He didn't just decide one day that he liked snakes and that's what he did. He, like, legitimately lived it from birth to death. So then, yeah, that's part of the reason why it will never be repeated because there's multiple factors as to why Steve Irwin became who he was. Also, He's like, I don't think he, like, legitimately was out there, I think, to, like, 
forward conservation and not speak just for animals and stuff. Off. Not to be there wasn't any type of social media to keep score on what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Like I guess you could do that still, but there's just so many too many avenues to where you're like everyone just seems a little fake because every i think there's just too many people out there well it's also hard because now we're in a world you know i don't i think steve Irwin wasn't doing it for other people and i think we're in a world now where it's like to get to even close to his level you have to do it for other people in some way it's very hard to become successful and not kind of do what the people want and there's also like there's like some little kid on musically that we've never heard of but 200 million people absolutely love Love them yeah so it's like there's just so many pockets of celebrity now right it would be hard like you have to be Unless you're like Justin Bieber who popped, I think, at the right time. Like, it's hard to get all the eyes on you unless you're mm-hmm, like... Because there's so many separations and different yeah. things. Because right now, if you're that guy, you're probably going through YouTube or Instagram. You know, Steve Irwin, he's like, he had to go get a TV One deal cameraman. and all this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, now there's a million people doing it. Mm-hmm. How do you find the one person who... Before there used to be so many filters before you even got in front of anybody. Now yeah. everyone's can in, get in, front, can of get in front of anybody. So, so it's like it very harder. diluted. Yeah, definitely. So I don't know if there's someone who could break through. I mean, Maybe I know there's Bindi. some people who think that they are probably Bindi. Robert. Or Robert. Robert's the son. Yeah. Okay. He'll probably do it. I mean, like, but only to a certain extent because it's just probably not as intense as it's just a it different was. right different one see then when steve Irwin was out yeah okay kind of back to her original subject in the beginning about prolapsing so we talked about like what um the steps to take so soaking it um the the paste what do vets usually do when you bring them i mean obviously there's different prolapses but what's usually yeah. the vet's course of action so when push comes to shove like with um the green tree i tried to put the prolapse back in is but that, it kept would you ever recommend that out. to other people to try it themselves not no. unless you're comfortable with what you're doing <laughs> i don't know okay that's <laughs> I, it would I be hard like for me to say to do it but i mean if you're careful i mean you can do it if you're careful you can but, do anything yeah but then again what happened is it kept on falling out so so in order to keep it in there, you need stitches to keep it from falling out repeatedly. Okay. And that's when it, you know, you know it's time to bring it to the vet. Because yeah. no one should ever try to stitch up their snake themselves. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, and that's really a last ditch scenario. but Is to stitch it up? Yeah. So there's no, I guess it that doesn't seem like fixing the problem. That seems like putting a Band-Aid. Does that make sense? It fixes the problem once everything heals up and the swelling goes down, then it won't pop out again. So, okay. So, a prolapse, like, it's not like it will continue. You're not trying to figure out why it prolapsed. You're just trying to. Well, you usually know know why it prolapsed. And you, if you don't rectify the original situation. So, for me, I'm never going to breed the female again. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's sad. Yeah. So, I mean, that will probably be it for me breeding her. 
Okay, just because you don't ever want to chance that happening again. Okay. Yeah, and then um, for like the green tree, then I just knew I went very um, small on the meals to make sure that it would never prolapse again. So uh, I just wanted to make sure that for sure, you know, she wouldn't prolapse again. So is there any sort of medicine or any sort of, I don't know, you nah. give for uh, <laughs> there's nothing for that. You just simply stitch it up and you're on your way. Stitch it up and then wait, you know, a week or two to heal and then wait to feed. That just seems, I don't know, that seems very like a simple fix. But so I guess prolapses really it aren't kind that. kind of is, but. So are prolapses really not that big of a deal if all you do is stitch it up and you're good to go? Like, I mean, it's not like you have an infection. I mean, sometimes they'll give you antibiotics to keep it from being infected. Okay. Is it easily? Oh, I'm sure it's easily infected. It's their, part of their inside when your insides out. <laughs> come out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah. But I mean, it's, it's really not just like, stitches. Yeah. Okay. So it's like us cutting our knee or, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It just, when it happened, when it I saw it. It happens to humans. What? Yes. We can prolapse? Yes. How? I've seen it happen to like <laughs> weightlifters. Or I believe pregnancy. Ugh, everything bad can happen during pregnancy. I mean, Ew, let's yeah. not go there. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, it happens. But it, I guess when too. I looked at it, it just seemed so intense and so bad. But if just stitches, it's like, okay, it's really not that bad. And it's not stitching the actual thing. No, that you're stitching happened. the outside you're stitching to holding the outside it. To hold it in, yeah. And then the skin, f- you know, heals back over. It's really the swell. Like once it goes out, the swelling is what keeps it from going back, back in. in. Yeah. Okay, but what if? So. I'm assuming she, it came out through her cloaca, and you wouldn't want to stitch up the cloaca, would you? Well, no, you stitch it on the sides just to make it tighter, but the thing, you're probably not, you're not going to feed them, so you don't want to have a, you know, in and out. Right, nothing's coming in, nothing's nothing's coming in, and nothing's nothing's going going out. out. Right, but they'll still pee, won't they? Just won't they still pee? Yeah, but nothing coming in, nothing coming out. The pee's coming out. Yeah, but they usually do that when they what go to the bathroom, like when. <laughs> but I uh, won't they still pee even if you don't feed it. They could, but they don't. It's usually <laughs> it comes out semi-solid with the with with. The other stuff. Yeah. With the, okay. Okay. So I'm sure they could, but what what would be the problem there? They're not actually passing much significance. It still has to go through something. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Right. <laughs> Lilypad said, "Is brumation necessary even if she doesn't breed snakes? Are there benefits?" Yeah, I mean, it's just a natural cycle. But I mean, if you do have, and if they're babies, maybe they get used to that cycle. Um, if I have a female or something that's too close, I will, if I want to get some size on them, then I could do like a snap brumation. Like I could put them in brumation for less time. So if I usually go down in November Mm -hmm. or say I go down December 1st, if I think an extra month will let me get that animal up to breeding size for the next year, I might put them down February 1st and then still bring them up in like middle of March or right. something. So 
Um, it just depends on the situation. It depends kinda. on, yeah, yeah. But if you want to, some people write with their babies out of the egg, they'll put them into brumation. Why? Well. When you know they're, okay. Because it's just time. It's just how nature worked out. So they think that, you know, if nature's doing that, why, why not, not me do it, it too? Yeah. But I, I don't know. It just seems unnecessary when you're, I mean, I guess if it's not hard, do it. But it just seems unnecessary if they're babies. You know, they're not about to. Right, but it's still going to happen, right, in nature. Does it make, do you think brumating them that early will, has any connected benefits to later when they are breeding side, when they are ready to breed? or They may be ready to eat, but I mean, (laughs) I don't, some people say like they'll recognize the cycle. I don't think it matters. I think, I think you can brumate them for the first time at five years old. When they're ready to go. Yeah, because I've kept corn snakes that I never tried to breed before, but. Ten years later, I finally tried to breed, and then and they do exactly fine. what corn snakes are supposed to do. Because <laughs> they're just even though they've never been brumated before. So, I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. Plus, you take the time. Typically, the hotter animals are kept, the more, the faster all the processes happen in animals. So, it could be that your animal actually lives a quicker, like life what? because they haven't been brumated or been kept at a higher temperature so take like diamond pythons if you don't drop them down and brumate them they tend to only live maybe 10 years i haven't said something to where that. they may live double the time if they are if they're brumated if they're brumated evan said been said that brumating diamond pythons oh, every he year said yeah that's why i said he just brought that also evan's on instagram or facebook and youtube but he said uh brumating diamond yeah, pythons every year helps with breeding and living longer so that's yeah. like what you just said also uh my computer's about to die for facebook so facebook's gonna go away go in to a YouTube, second son. go to youtube um but has that been shown in any other thing other than diamond pythons about living longer? I haven't seen. I mean, I don't know personally. I don't okay. know. Because most of the things aren't going to be as variable. So corn snakes, you know. They can you, really handle anything. They can <laughs> handle anything. So I think if you keep them at room temperature for their whole life, they may live just as long as doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, know, yours is. 14 years and well, yeah, it's a male, but... pretty average if you're keeping it correctly. Okay. Um, so Lily Pat also asked what temperature she should lower it to for brumation. I mean, if you can go to 55 degrees, but Whoa, that's but, real low. But, but naturally things aren't always going to be 55 degrees, especially like, if they're in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Like when I was in New York, you just put them on a breezy window. Oh, don't brumate a ball python. Sorry. I was talking about, uh, we were talking about, about corn, corn snakes. snakes. So that has to do with like what part of the world you're on. So pythons are going to be in Africa, which is never going to have a winter. It's always going to be a Hot. pretty constant degree, like a constant temperature. Constant so. hot. <laughs> constant you know you keep them at 88 degrees or 86 degrees whatever the hell you keep them at okay so it's never needed to not applicable to pi to most python species besides like we were saying diamond pythons which are going to be the most southern occurring python in australia which means oh, the coldest that. python they get because the coldest. that whole fucking our majority of pythons thing. in Af- from africa 
I didn't do the math. They're from all but, Okay. I, Australia has many. Has a lot too. Okay, but yeah. ball python. <laughs> no, but know. the ball pythons are typically in hot climates. I'm so just, just I'm just saying ball pythons. Okay. But and then if you had a Burmese python, that uh, the Southeast Asia retic, you're you know none of those experience high fluctuations from season to season. Ball pythons, okay. you're going to have minor fluctuations which are going to trigger them to breed. So you may put your you may put your hotspot from 88 to 85 at night. I don't remember the exact numbers, so take that with a grain so of salt. So there's less getting ready a ball python to breed than, say, corn For snakes? For me, I always kept the same hotspot. Okay. So so I wouldn't change and adjust the probe the, or the hot or, yeah, the temperature for when the ambient went down lower in the winter. Okay. So. In the winter, my ambient in my room may have got down to 78 instead of where it was at maybe 82 in the summer. Okay. So that alone was, was enough. triggering it the was, ball pythons. It was to enough go. to that's change. That's all it takes. And they'll. Okay. That's not scientific way to mathematically fucking get, get them ready. Ball python clutches all at the same time, all 100%. It worked for me 100%, but I'm not <laughs> saying that it's going to work. But That's you were also in happened. New York where it got, you know, where cooler. Gonna, yeah, but I mean, you can even apply that to Texas, but it's just going to be a shorter photo period. I mean, I want that to happen in October. So I guess that was a perfect situation to where it started to cool down in October and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That worked. It just kind of worked out for you. Yeah. So it's wherever you live. Uh, You gotta. You kind of gotta ask people around where you live live. because everyone does it a little bit different. So because you don't have to do as much like prep work, I guess, for ball pythons, um, are they more likely to breed or have successful? clutches because you don't have to do as much or no no i think colubrids are really easy to time out so it's easy to um it's easy to put colubrids down put them up and then say you know kind of for sure like oh they're gonna shed here they're gonna shed because here because you, you put introduce. in that work because you're you're resetting their clock you're put you're timing it you put them here right yeah their body functions are happening because right according to whatever the fuck you're doing <laughs> but with and ball- that's, that's same with ball pythons but it may be more subtle so you may have a female um ovulate at a different time than another you may have follicles growing at different sizes at different rates because you're not affecting so them what you much. do is just keep on putting in males you know and once a hope. week or whatever and just keep on you see lockups you see lockups and then you keep on you know locking them up until mm-hmm. They stop locking up, or you see that female definitely ovulate, or you have a what the hell do you call that? Uh, mammogram? No, that's the wrong word. Mammogram uh, is fucking, your you boob. A uh, no, sonogram. Sonogram. Yeah. Sonogram machine. <laughs> <laughs> so ball pythons aren't any more likely to produce uh, good clutches than any other type. They're. I mean, they're easy to breed, just like corn snakes are. They're okay. both. They're both very easy to breed. So. I wouldn't say one's harder than the other, but they're going to have different requirements. If you do the requirements for any of them, you're, you're going to get, get it. Yeah, except, I mean, there's obviously species that are a lot harder than that, that, you know, you don't have 100% dialed in. But Lilypad asked, do snakes have belly buttons? Do I'm going to go answer? with no. Well, we have <laughs> belly buttons, right? Because like the umbilical of the biblical cord, cord And there's no um, umbilical. When you, have, when you have a baby snake... <laughs> When you have a baby snake in an egg, when it first crawls out of the egg, um, you're going to see that sometimes the umbilicus is still attached. 
So, um, especially in, in ball pythons, I've seen it a lot, um, to where they may still have like a little fat sack, like a little bit of the yolk hanging off on their the stomachs. outside. Um, and you can see some snakes, even like my olive python, maybe two years old or something. I can still see the slit where wait, tell, the umbilical sorry, cord. Instagram, you're ending. Oh, and it ended. Okay. So, well, it had 10 seconds. and then So it I could see a little discoloring like slit to where the umbilical cord was. So it came when it was a baby. Body, no, it connected their body to give them nutrients from the yolk and the egg. But right through like a slit formed in their belly and it Just went like through a the human. right but our slit is a belly button it's not right. yeah so okay but okay we cut the cord and mhm okay gotcha so but only on one can <laughs> see that i mean you'll see them maybe for the first 6 months or something of their life sometimes you can see them pretty much straight through their whole life you can see <gasps> there's a little that's cool i've never noticed i'll show you on but i guess when you say slit it sounds like it's not in my head it sounds like it's not supposed to be there for us our belly button is supposed to be does that make sense like it sounds like i don't know to how to you, explain it to you cuz you're not a snake cuz no, i'm not a snake okay yeah your belly button's <laughs> supposed to be there so what well, about no, for a live what about yeah. for a live bearing um snakes? i think it's i think it's the same idea because they're essentially being incubated in the body. But how does that just work? Because like a, a bunch like a come baby. out at the same like. They come out in in embryonic sacs. Like you ever see when you see the um, like blue tongues come out. Sometimes There's all the stuff still around in the sacs, them. and so the but the is the they'll still need to kind of break out of a sack. That they're okay, in. and so the embryonic fluids inside the sack. Gotcha. Ew. I'm not a hundred percent sure on how that embryo or the umbilical cord works but i think with live bearing similar yeah that's a good question i never thought about that why they're random so like they don't have belly buns but, right, they, but have they have what serves the same, the same exact right, function the same purpose to get those nutrients when yeah. they are in. gotcha what random question yeah. do you just throw the eggs away when they hatch what do you do with them? Just throw it. I mean, yeah, put them on exhibit at the Smithsonian. I don't know. What, what would you do with them? Do you feed? Would you feed it to your corn? Or to your king snake? Would that be Calcium. weird? After nah, it's out, after no the reason. there's nothing there's in nothing, there. No nutri- It's like you eating eggshells. Yeah, you could. <laughs> you could. Why the fuck would you do that? I don't know. So you just, I don't know. Just throwing them away seems weird to me. I don't know why it seems like you're throwing. You shouldn't throw it away. I feel like I don't know. What are you gonna do with your the infertile eggs that the corn sink just had? Out. You wanna feed those so that because the I just did that once to see if it would happen. Okay, but you're just gonna see. Yeah. It feels weird to throw them away. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, sorry. <laughs> she said, "Is there a transparent scale that covers a snake's eyes? If there is, how about scale of snakes?" Um, well, we talked. We about, talked, we talked that. Bit. So I can do it a little. What do you the ocular? So when they're shedding, if you notice, I've seen that, you know, when you see the shed and it comes off, you can see the, the, eye the eyes part, in there, yeah. right? You can see it. So yes, they do have one and it can get stuck. And if it gets stuck, you tweezers, that seems very dangerous. You could easily. But it's not a human eyeball. It's protected by a scale. What? So it's not like poking you in the eye. Because they have a scale under it. So even when you're taking one off, when you're taking this piece of shed, there's still something under there. I mean, I'm not saying poke it in their eye, but I'm saying. But even ones that close, you still want to be careful. The ones that their eye can close, they still have 
that's a fucking lizard, son. And they don't shed the same. And they don't have ocular scales. That's why they have eyelids. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, okay. So all the snakes that blank are called lizards. Shut up. I got confused for a second. <laughs> okay. So, yes, there is a and scale. And I don't know why, but scaleless snakes always have ocular scales. How can you see it? I don't see it on your... How can you... You can see the scale on the eye? No, not not up front. I mean, I don't know what you mean. I mean, mean. I know when you shed, then they shed, you can... Yeah, it's obviously see-through, so you can't really, like... You're confusing me. (laughs) But when you... You said when you peel the shed, like, if you were peeling the stuck, you said there's still one under it. Right. Because the whole rest of the snake shed, correct? So so there's another So it has already come through, and that's just stuck. Okay, and so scaleless when they shed that you can still see the ocular shed in theirs. Yeah, so they'll they'll still shed skin. I'm not sure. I don't have scaleless snakes, so I don't know exactly. Yeah, how does their shed look? I never thought about uh, that. I'm pretty sure it just looks like shed, but there's no ridges to where scales would be. I gotta look at that. I can't. I can't imagine. So it doesn't have like raised. Honestly, I mean, it's just like flat and smooth. I could imagine. I'm not sure though. I'm not sure. Oh, I want to know now. We don't have any scaleless. We don't. We will hopefully <laughs> have some scaleless when we have money for scaleless. But oh, lily Maybe pads coming day. out with such good questions, ones I've never thought of. Um, what other question about? Yeah, no, I don't know. What? I thought question I had a question, what? but I don't. No, ask me. I what don't. You're gonna say. I don't have it. About ocular scales. I don't know. I gotta think about it. Why yeah. are some eyes have a like one Vertical. thing and one have the like the pupil? So, so I think what you're trying to say <laughs> in non <laughs> in English is why do some have vertical pupils and why do some have round pupils like we do? But some I can't see the pupil. Well, you're just not looking hard enough. Like when they're red, I feel like I can't see. It just looks like one big red thing. I feel if like I can't closely, see the people. If you look closely, there's two different shades usually. But they're both red? So like on an albino, a lot of times they may have red eyes to where it's usually like a red and a pink. So so it's very I mean, hard to discriminate the difference. To discriminate. The, the between the, what's the, what's iris, yeah. is that what's around it? I don't know and which then one's the, the people. The people's the, the black dot. Yeah, then the iris So the iris is what's it. around it. Okay, so their iris, for albinos, the iris is usually red and the pupil's pink? Is what you're saying? I'm, I would have to. It depends on species of snake and which snake, but I don't know off the top of my head which one's which, but it's just two shades of a pinkish red. And are those always round pupils, not vertical? Did you, oh, have you, God. Well, no, that, ever... that just depends on species. Okay, I feel like the... Okay, so you can answer my the question I didn't ask. Why are some vertical <laughs> and some round? So, the vertical ones, so it is a lot more acute, you know, to Do let it smaller the camera, amounts not of light. Do oh, your eye, I've if been, like, looking at you this whole time. Yeah, like I know. Um, you did something in your eye. Do it towards the camera. <laughs> so it's, you know, vertical. The vertical slits let in a lot less light, which is obviously if you're... Like, like cats. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's because they're nocturnal. 
the ones who have vertical are nocturnal. Right, because they're more efficient at getting light into their eye. But your jungle, his is vertical. He's awake in the daytime. No, but they're mostly nocturnal. They're more diurnal, but corn snakes are diurnal, and that's why they have round pupils. I see your jungle moving all the time in the daytime. I mean, you move sometimes at night. No, but like real move, not just moving in your sleep. Well, anyway, that's why that <laughs> happens. I don't know, man. doesn't mean that they don't move ever during the day. Plus, like, it's usually all dark when they, where they are. What? It's not not ever light in the closet. True, so they but so they think it's I don't know. No, but they just move around, man, okay. whenever they want. <laughs> so uh, how do snakes breathe with their mouth closed? Isn't there a windpipe inside? Yeah, Which is true, the but there's things. always um What are those for breathing? Those are heat pits. Wow. Really? So the the holes on the side of like a python's mouth are going to be heat sensing pits, but gotcha. Um, Couldn't you technically? But if they're holes, they could still breathe some, through them. Most snakes do hole. have nostrils. Okay. Yes. But and also their mouth is never closed. What? They have that that rustral scale in the front to where their tongue comes out. So it's always just like a little small opening right, right. there. But oh, I don't. I, never th- I don't think they're mouth breather breathers. I don't know. They they breathe through the and they all have little nostrils. I think I feel like some you can see. Like I feel like on your know. jungle you can kind of see, <laughs> you can kind of see it. But on some other ones I feel like you can't really like just look. You know you can't really see the. Nostril. Yeah, they pretty much all have nostrils. I believe they probably all do. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting you on questions now. You're not even well, sure. No, I, I'm pretty sure about. That. I just feel stupid saying for sure because. I'm like 100% sure, but I don't want to say I am because it may be stupid. We'll check all of ours and see. I don't (laughs) clearly. No, no, they do have nostrils. So wait, but what does the windpipe have to do with it? Well, like when they eat, the way that they breathe is they have their, um, what the hell do you call it? I don't know. So essentially their windpipe, when, you know, because their whole mouth is full. You'll see it, mm-hmm. you'll see it poking out because where out of the front of their mouth or the side of their mouth. But it's you just t- it's so covered that, so with the an- the whole animal with is. the animal in there. How does it stick out when the animal is covering the I whole mouth? I believe the entrance to that is the glottis, but I don't want to be again stupid cuz I don't have I used to know that. I just can't think right now. So the glottis okay. comes out and I mean, I could, it's much easier if I show you a picture of what it looks okay. like. I just feel like my brain's like not working. I think that this well would today. be a good video about. I have a video about it. Oh, about snake breathing. Like how do snakes eat? Oh, yeah. When okay. I made shitty videos about how snakes do, do whatever stuff back yeah, in the yeah. day. So it is. There is one about that. That's why I'm saying like. I should know. I should know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but that about, video but is years old. You could do a new one. I could do a, a new, new one, one better one. And about eyes, or just do a little snake anatomy thing and go from the top of the head and work your way down. I yeah. think that'd be a great video. Cause yeah, okay. I I have to like actually read. That's why it's like I feel stupid just saying things because I want to like do proper research before acting like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Well, Lilypad, be on the lookout for a video about this stuff. Ocular scales. After he reads some books, some more books. I, I have all the research. No, you have them. You just you, just, yeah, you no. just got to refresh your memory. Yeah. Okay. Done's out for today. Yeah, that's it. I, I don't know why I'm like, my brain's not, not operating that fast, I man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Sounds a good day. Thank you, okay. everyone, for listening. We will see you next Tuesday. Tuesday back to normal. At 6 yes. Central Standard Time. Yes. Later. Thanks. Bye. Hold on. Okay. We are just on.